welcome to the Modern Year Podcast, where we take a look at classic and favorite albums. I'm Trevor. I'm Varric. And today, we don't only discuss an album. We have our very first guest, that is Max. Welcome to the show. He's one part of the music duo Gemper and Dadoni. And welcome to the show. Great to have you. Hey, thank you very much. It's a welcome pleasure Max. to be here. <laughs> You're lucky you got saved. I think Beric was too embarrassed to do his usual pun. I was waiting for <laughs> yeah. a pun, Beric. Beric does a horrible pun at the beginning of every yeah. episode. I thought I start with guest who. Uh, so uh... <laughs> it's not that and, important. Yeah, but maybe like Max. What album are we going to be discussing today? As it was your choice. Yeah, we are talking about a band called Arizona. Not not the state, the band, not the state. That's how they call themselves. Um, and the album is called Asylum. 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 <laughs> Asylum. I always say Asylum <laughs> because I'm German. I can say Asylum. <laughs> it's Asylum. Asylum, yeah. Yes, that's, uh, that's the album I chose. And um, yeah. It's actually their second album, right? It is, um, but this one is by far the f the one I, I I like the most, and um, I know them actually. Yeah. Yes, uh, we once did a remix for them um, called "Where I Wanna Be," and that is a song that is on their first album, I think, or was it an AP? I I'm not I'm not one hundred percent sure, but um, "Asylum" is the album where. Where especially the singer um, put everything uh, he wanted to do uh, musically, uh, he put everything uh, everything in, and um, and yeah, and, and and that's what I appreciate a lot, and yeah, that's why I chose it. I was uh, actually my very first listen. I I listened to it in two parts the first time. Yeah, I started listening when the kids were out of the house for a bit. Yeah, and then they came home, and as I've known Max for, we've known each other for what, like ten, at least ten years. Yeah, but we haven't we haven't talked in seven. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's true. And uh, when you, I know Max through my wife. They used to work together, and when she got home with the girls, I was like, "You have to hear this album." Max just told us to listen to. It is fantastic. Yeah, I was like, how how has no one ever heard of? this band like they're they're not big anywhere yeah are they <clears throat> actually they have a fan base um and they are i think they are a little bit famous on spotify they have a lot of streams there but um that they do. yeah and but that only came with that album so um the songs developed slowly um And actually, I have no idea why why they are not even bigger. I think their music. Um, I mean, the album is not very long, right? The songs are very very short. It's twenty nine, twenty yeah, twenty eight minutes. Yeah. the whole album. It's that's it's, crazy short. Yeah, it's nine, ten, nine songs, something like that. Nine songs. Yeah. Nine songs, and um, yeah, I like for me. Mm, it is it is not that important always to put so many lyrics in a song. I think 
the songs are very short and the lyrics are, they are important, but for me, the most important thing is the combination of the top line he's singing in each of the songs and the lyrics and the music, like the melodies, the chords, the progressions, everything is really one piece and the songs some songs build on each other like it's it's like a little story <clears throat> and i think he's he's kind of singing about himself probably and i can relate mm -hmm. a little bit to be honest like some songs i really feel myself being him um yeah and that's something i really liked about this album and that's I think I never heard any album that much and I still can listen to it. Like it's not that it, it, it's not getting boring for me. Like I can, I can still listen to it the whole day when I'm just chilling, having a break. And I think it's a great album also for actually for, for this, for this time that we have right now. And, and for the, like for the music musical world itself it's something very very positive and more people should be aware of it like i'm always sharing it and also on our artist account we shared the uh, the songs and the album mm -hmm. when it came out and we never do it actually um and they they also replied um maybe only because we 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 knew them from the remix we did for them before it was not an official one but um we we asked them uh, if we can if we can do a remix and uh, and the manager of the band just said go ahead and we send them a version and and they really liked it because we we kept kind of their sounds like this 80s synthy sounds yeah. and yeah and and the singer actually um, you have to listen to the live videos on YouTube the singer is one of those who sounds live very very good like it's it's kind of the same as he sounds on the on the album that studio is the same as as live yeah like it's they not, don't have to be not the same same but it's very close so he has just an incredible voice and if you look at him he's like he's a person he's someone you know like he's someone something different like he has something that for me is very important as an artist to have yeah. So he owns I, the stage. Yeah, I watched a few of their yeah. music videos. He seems like he has a good presence about, like, a charisma about. Yeah, and, and and he looks yeah, he boring. looks he looks unique. Also, he has his yeah. own. He's doing his own thing, and that's. I love his mustache. Yeah, his mustache, his big glasses. Like, <laughs> he looks he looks a little bit like a murderer. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Yeah. I was like serial killer or yeah, artist. You're one, killer. one of the two. <laughs> Could could have been of the cast of Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, like what he's doing, and um, I am pretty sure he he writes everything um, himself. Maybe together with his band, or even some songwriters, maybe. But um, most of the ideas are his own ideas, and he's writing about himself, his past, maybe. And that's his first album that he released um, that was uh, more successful, obviously, than the first one, um, where the world um, 
yeah, if if someone listens listens to it and, and discovers this album, I think everyone um, will stick to the band and stay and uh, follow them. To listen. I will, I will one hundred percent be yeah continuing listening to Arizona. Yeah, yeah, and that's also I have I have to no go ahead, Max. No, go ahead. Uh, I talk a no, lot. I'm I'm now super surprised. I have to say I'm super surprised that you say that they are not very huge. So I'm not listening so much to radio, but when I listened to that album and on Spotify I saw the streams, so I thought they they are massively big. Yes, yeah. so wow, look look at look at the streams and look at the sound yeah. and just the fact that it is a short album is for me one reason more why I thought it would be big because as we in advance of this podcast discuss people don't listen that long to to one album so it has basically the perfect length for an a modern album and yeah. it still have like a common sound so i'm right now very surprised that it's not a super hit that is running like every hour on the radio maybe in the us they have radio plays but i can't tell um i have to uh, i would have to 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 search for it um, but in in Europe, I'm pretty sure uh, I haven't heard them on the radio until now. I've, I've never heard them on the radio. We yeah. listen to the radio every morning. I hear your stuff on the radio, but <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad. Then, <laughs> <laughs> but I I know in Canada we have a CanCon thing where you have to play certain amounts of Canadian content. So I don't mm -hmm. know if that's here too. No, I think it's not. Uh, but um, yeah. Uh, actually, they are kind of what we call or what I'm calling a streaming artist at the moment. But I am 100% sure and I see it like they are growing a fan base slowly um, and organically. And um, yeah, and, and that's what I see. So I think if they continue to deliver this quality and because, you know, the top line's in their album, in this album, are very, very strong at average. Like, the average is very high, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah. And there are two songs um, for me that are a little bit sticking out, that are even better than the, than the rest. Um, I'm interested to hear what ones those are, because I have two that stuck out that were, as soon as I heard them, I was like, that's a banger. That's, like, a total hit. Yeah, so... Um, Should I tell now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, for me, it's number seven and number eight. <laughs> Problems and oh. Freaking Out. Those are my favorites. I didn't like Freaking Out. That was my least favorite song on the whole album. <laughs> yeah, that's the individual taste. But Problems. Problems was as soon as I heard it, and they have the, like that little, like, they have like a little change up. Yeah. At, is it at the course? And the Isn't bass that? and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is, as soon as there was little, the little change-up, I was like laying on the couch listening to it. And as soon as the change-up happened, I sat up. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What is that? Yeah. And, and yeah, all, really you know, it. yeah, the melodies and yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just for me, that is a hit, a real hit for me. But oh, yeah. there, are, there are so many like, Especially nowadays, there are so many songs and so many, even more songs are being published every day. And um, I think it's just hard to get through, actually, uh, for a band now, like, so fast. They have to build up 
um, slowly their fan base. And then at one point, um, maybe it works with a single and then they are the big guys. But now yeah. still a, still a tip and it's still um, a little bit under the radar of the radios. Um, and that's where I love to discover bands. That's also how I discover, for example, artists that we work with, singers, also sometimes songs that we sign on our small label. Um, obviously, these guys are already too big and they are probably also signed to a big major label already. Um, but um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just great how, how, how this album turned out. My, uh, my second song that I really was digging was actually track number nine still alive ah still alive yeah that's the last song and i think that's also yeah. the like the conclusion of the album right yeah <laughs> yeah i really those those two were the big ones for me yeah but from yeah. the fan base perspective i think that's an interesting take i i also think that uh that it's the most healthiest for artists when they slowly building it up Obviously. Right. I mean, if it's yeah. too slow, then it's also uh, also bad. Yeah. And for a fan, it's also the most fun. For yeah. me as a music fan, I'm, I'm not a profession. It's the, the best thing to discover a new band and fall yeah. in love with them. And sometimes when they get super big, you're kind of annoyed that other like them too. Obviously. Um, but you, you still stick with them, right? Yeah. Um, and I bet it's, I think it's quite good to hear from you as an artist that you also enjoy this this journey. And yeah, of course, totally. it's then the chances are higher that they stick with you, right? If you're just a one-hit wonder, no, it's no secret why most of them then, yeah, just stays a one-hit wonder. Right? And that's a little bit the downside for for me, for example, for my artist project, what I have because I'm not a band. Like we are music producers. Um, I never say the word DJ because I I just hate it. Obviously, we we play <laughs> our songs. <laughs> As I'm very DJ. happy that I don't call you DJ. Yeah. yeah. Like obviously we we are on the stage, we are DJs, but that's not what makes us who we are. Like I can tell any anyone how to DJ in 10 minutes like easily. Easily, easily with sync. Without sync, okay, it takes a little bit song longer, but that's not what it's about. Um, and that's the upside if you're a band and you grow organically and slowly and you make good music um, that you really can develop a career and make a living at some point out of out of what you do. And that's everyone's goal as a musician. I think everyone that tells a different story for me doesn't tell the truth. I think everyone has the dream to make a living out of it and then everything that comes on top. And that's always what I said also. Um, that's obviously the best thing that can happen to you. If you have some something like to, I don't know, to, to build a house or to have a family, to have a good life out of it to make a good life out of it and then and then you're fine you know you don't need anything more but that's the thing that every musician needs to achieve at first and that's very 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 hard nowadays it's harder than at any time before in my opinion 
because there are so many musicians and so many bands and so many songs every every i think every day on spotify what was it 20,000 songs every day like what's that number <laughs> 20,000 and it's not local anymore really it's no. global yeah yeah so someone in germany can discover a band from south korea or well now k-pop is huge so bad example but like yeah. you can discover a band from anywhere in, and the fact that k-pop has become massive throughout yeah. the world is a sign of this yeah but that is for example bad for the local bands here in germany yeah yeah so because for example on spotify and i am like our music is is happening on spotify Apple Music also, Amazon Music for sure, but Spotify is our main thing at the moment. Apple Music is growing in Germany and we are now trying to find a good balance between those two um, without forgetting the other services, but Spotify is the main thing. And um, there are around, I don't know, 50 places every Friday where the songs are being presented by Spotify. And... 50 places, 20,000 songs. <laughs> yeah, that's, not. that's you're not going to do it. That was what everyone like was telling me also before. And we just grew slowly and we never got into any playlists. And after I think five years, that was our first playlist. And um, yeah, uh, and that's how it that's how it's how it works. And a band like like Arizona, um, yeah, I think they profit from 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 the talent of the of the of the singer, like how he writes the music of the band, how they produce the music. Whoever is inventing the melodies, um, they profit from from those guys because this whole package is just something that can stay. And I am actually wondering why it takes so long until new music is dropping. I think there was one song in between or two, but. Uh, not really Arizona releases. And um, well, this album came out 2019. Yeah, right? but it's 221 and I'm waiting. <laughs> and and what are you doing in 2020? Honestly. Yeah. Making music. They're from, they're from America. So if, if they go to Florida, they can play shows. Uh, I, I don't know. But yet they can. And Florida seems to have no rules. Okay. But. Yeah, in general, most of the artists are taking 20... I'm actually surprised at the that there hasn't been more music released in 2020. I can picture 2021 being a massive year for yeah. music. That, that, where that's everyone what I, yeah. sat down and wrote all the music in 2020, and then they start the year and go, oh, look, we still can't tour, and yeah. then go into the studios. Yeah, I can tell you, I think there were a lot of hits being written in early 220 maybe but they just don't release it they wait until now or until the lockdown is is over so that everyone can go outside and, and dance then, again having a good can, time well, you can play shows yeah you can't do the normal the normal i guess it's not going to become be the normal for much longer if it continues like this but the normal rhythm is you release an album you you tour the album yeah. and right now they can't do that Exactly. But what was pretty interesting... And usually that... Yeah? And usually that's what most, brings most of the money, right? Going on tour. Or is that not that case anymore? 
I mean, for us, it's different. For bands, I think it's still still the case. Um, or maybe maybe it's a little bit different. Like if you have a certain streaming base on Spotify, if you have a lot of followers on Spotify and um, your music is, is just being streamed well, then you can also make it 50-50. Like it's oh. it can it can it can be good money, um, but you have to, you have to have a lot of plays, like millions of plays every month. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Um, and what I wanted to say about the bands touring, what was what did you say again? So I forgot. I lost. <laughs> I lost so that, my word. That from uh, as as I know, most of the the revenue they they produce and most of the money they get is from touring. It's from touring, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. The main in, main incoming. If that's still the case, yeah, sure. And now and, so, and they can and, tour. So now, yeah, yeah. Obviously, everyone is was in the studios in two twenty, and um, we will see a lot a lot of albums probably also from bands in two twenty one. Um, and maybe they are waiting until they can tour again and quickly before they want to release the album and everyone is like pushing back uh, the release date. That's maybe maybe the case at the moment. That could then become a massive over what you had just talked about. You're going Overload, to have so yeah. much music released at one time that then people are, it'll get lost in, yeah. in the, the web sea of music. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's also something I'm thinking about. Um, when is so when we plan to make to 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 publish our releases, we always try to find dates that are not where we know from other artists. Maybe okay, they are not going to release music at that date. So um, this is a little bit mm. like, yeah. How do you say? Yeah, it's just it's you. You can be lucky and be like, for example, with our last track, we were number two on New Music Friday, Friday, and we never got number two before. We were five at some point. Uh, and normally, we are always between ten and twenty. Like that's our regular uh, placement. Um, but sometimes you can also have a bad day, and you are not in in the New Music Friday. But I think we only got second because of the pandemic because there was not a lot high of high quality music at that date, probably with that was with rule of the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but yeah, that's also Don't depending really on, the on, on the style of music, right? Isn't like maybe it, so your music is more uplifting um, as I think. So maybe that's like a good time for releasing that kind of music. If you listen, if you now drop like some depressing and melancholic music that uh, Trevor always make fun of me that I'm listening to, that maybe Barrick will listen a million <laughs> times and then they'll be sad. But, yeah. But in general, uplifting music is anyway more successful, but maybe it's re exactly good right now to drop it. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Um, there is an upside and downside um, to everything and also to the uplifting music and the melancholic music. What I recognized is our streaming stats didn't change at all over the pandemic. So we thought, oh, really, okay, yeah, I thought people were more at home and maybe listen more to music, but it's just it just stayed the same, and um, and it's it was and also comparable to melancholic stuff. For example, we also signed um, 
we signed songs from from artists that produce melancholic music and they also made the same streams so um it didn't affect um the music industry at all in my opinion like streaming wise um touring wise obviously yes and that's a very bad thing for the for the for the artists because most of the time obviously artists don't earn that much from from streaming if they have a major contract at a major label um and from touring they generate more money of some will need to give some money of their touring also to the major label that's a common part of contracts nowadays and it was also i think 20 years ago but um they will earn way more from the touring probably yeah they also merch sales are big sure yeah they make a ton of money on merch yeah yeah when you yeah. tour merch you is tour. a big yeah. thing like i'm uh, one of my friends is from craft club you know the band and they have a huge fan sure. base they say like one of the biggest revenue they have is from merchandise mm. yeah it's like a huge thing we too well, it we basically sell... goes straight in the pocket we too we sell slippers <laughs> seriously no you still, you slippers? <laughs> no no <laughs> now you should really uh, no no we don't we we once we tried to sell merch and it was like we sold two pieces i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah so far I would, i would totally buy gamper and the donny <laughs> slippers 100 <laughs> yeah that's nice no but um no we never we, we never really took it serious uh the merch uh the merch doesn't work for us but that's fine and it's maybe a little bit also because we don't want to be in the focus that much so um we don't like photos that much interviews are fine as long as they are not video recorded <laughs> um this isn't no no it's fine it's fine i know no obviously that's also part of the business you know and i know it but um we still have our private life and that's pretty what i love about the job that we have we are music producers And we are not famous superstars, singers, or artists. Like we make music, and the music is is the star. Like not not we are the star. The music is the star. And obviously, sometimes um, you you can't like step back from being in the spotlight, uh, and that's fine for me if it's sometimes. But I still want to want to keep um keep my private life private that's a good mix as as you said we just you know we're just talking about now i'm jumping uh, a little bit away from from the arizona album but yeah the business the music business is a very hard business right and how much but of your work when producing music how much percentage of that is for you really a hard grind and work and how much is just the real fun and, and flow moment. How, how is that in the daily process for you? I only work with the flow. So I never work. Um, so when I wake up, um, I'm listening how I'm feeling. And if I'm in the flow, 
I can make music. And if I'm not, I play PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Or I go... Good way of working. It is, I think, so for me, <clears throat> it's super important and I, I needed to learn it because this is really something you don't know how to how to work how to work with how to handle it when you are younger and that's where i had a lot of problems with also in the past i always knew i had talent but i never knew how i can turn the talent into my passion and into money and into my life so that was the main question for me how i can do it and I learned it and I always go with the flow. As I said, that was the perfect word. Um, and if I'm getting like an idea, um, I can sit on the computer and produce music for 10 hours straight. Afterwards, I'm pretty tired. <clears throat> and um, But if I don't have an idea... I'm just sitting here and I'm bored. Like I'm doing business stuff then. Like we have a lot of stuff to do also because we're not signed to a major label. We have our own label and that's the stuff I'm doing then. I'm doing regular office stuff then. And that's where where I'm pretty happy with actually because I can fill my day with work, with my passion. And when I have an idea or I'm in the flow, I can make music. <clears throat> And that's how what, how I work. What was the trigger, if you don't mind me asking, that made you actually realize, hey, I could, I can do this? Mm, I think <clears throat> the trigger was when we first tried to make songs, um, I was totally unfamiliar with Logic, with the production software we work with. Um, And I needed to learn it also. And that's also a point. I hate to learn stuff that I don't really, like where I'm not interested in. <clears throat> and this in this, like in the software itself, I'm not interested. I just want to play piano and I want that the software is recording it, but I don't want, I, I didn't want to learn how to do it and how to, what buttons I had to press and stuff. But then I got used to it. I had to do it. And I knew I had to overcome myself a little bit. And and then um, we produced our first remixes. And I played in the first melodies and the first, um, yeah, top lines. And I thought, okay, because Daniel, like, is the total other part. Um, he's an audio engineer. So he knows the technic stuff, the technical stuff. Um, and... When I have creative ideas like piano lines, top lines, um, I don't know, like strings, pads, I don't know, everything, bass, I can play everything in and then I can hand it over to him and he just is doing the drums and the mixing part and that's how our workflow works. And when we did the first songs and remixes and people um, reacted to it, And, and and commented and shared it. That was the first time where I recognized, okay, uh, that's maybe something I can try to do again. And then a big YouTube uh, channel uploaded our first remix. Um, 
Jolene. We did a remake. That was your first one. I think that was the first one, yeah. <clears throat> I, I love that remix. And I think so, that so I think actually that one was not our breakthrough, but that was the first one that was a little bit successful on YouTube. And then the big remix that we did, where I'm not proud of anymore because it sounds horrible. It sounds really we were not really able to produce proper music at that time. Like we were young and we were trying to learn everything. And that was just something we did and, and people loved it. I don't know why, like for me now, when I listen to it, it's horrible, but that was a remix um, from Laura Vares called July flame. And that one got uploaded to an even bigger YouTube channel um, called the sound you need. And after we uploaded it, I think, Two days later, it had 200,000 streams um, and a lot of comments. And then we had, out of this, we had our first booking in, in Zurich, in Switzerland. Um, and that was the trigger. <laughs> after the first booking, after the first show, uh, we, were, we were triggered <laughs> to continue. Well, you, you started... If, if I'm correct, you started basically working for a company that would book artists and put on concerts. That's how I met you. Yes. As you worked for a company in Hamburg, Funke Media, yeah. with my wife, and they are an event organizer. Yes. How was that for you then going from being behind the scenes, knowing this is what happens to put on the show, to mm -hmm. actually being the one that shows up? You do your sound check and then you go out and do your thing and then go home. Actually, also when I worked for, for Funke Media in Hamburg, um, I already knew before I wanted to make something with music. So I tried to find out if I want to be a musician, if I want to work for artists, if I want to be a manager. And that was one part I needed to to know before I moved on. So after two years, I think I, I stopped working for them because it was not my thing. Like I liked the people and it was nice to meet everyone and to get to know this kind of work, how they how, how it works to be to be a little bit like like planning a tour and stuff. Um but for me it was more I needed to be more um on the piano, I needed to be more next to the music. Like I needed to feel the music. I needed to make the music. But at that point, yeah. I didn't know how to do it. Um, and then also within that time, I met Daniel, um, who was able to make my productions sound good. And, and that was also a big moment, obviously, because we are... Together, we together are just the perfect team. Like I am the one that is um, sometimes very focused, sometimes very lazy. Uh, I'm a creative mind. Um, and sometimes I am probably getting angry very, very fast when, when something is not working. But I'm always a very, um, how do you call it, empathic person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel when someone is <clears throat> not feeling good and I feel it with him also. So uh, we are very well connected. 
that's what I wanted to tell. And so you, uh, you are the def definition of an artist, and he's and he's the engineer for that. I think that I'm not description or I'm not the definition because I still have um, a very big business um, part also in my head. Like I think without me being a business person, also on the other hand, we could not uh, handle like our management ourselves, our touring ourselves. Like that was going to be my next question. If you yeah. guys actually had, be, you have a history in it, so it would make sense that you would just do it on your own. Exactly. So obviously, we we tried out to work with touring agencies, booking agencies, managements, and labels, um, and we work with labels with other labels. So we are um, we have a partner in uh, in the Netherlands. Um, we are working with on releases, but it's more like a. 50-50 thing, you know, like we, mm -hmm. we support each other. We are doing promo work. They are doing promo work. Um, we are learning from each other. So it's a give and, give and take. And um, on the management part, I'm doing everything myself. So, and that's something I really love about this job because I need, I, I get to know everyone myself. Like it's really, I'm so blessed with that because all the ARs, the producers, um, the managers, I'm talking to them. And um, that's something I'm really proud of that I'm able to do it and uh, very glad also that I can and thankful that I'm uh, I'm part part of this. I, I can that I can part that I can be part of this like small family in Germany that um that are handling the big guys, you know, the big music, the, the big artists and mm -hmm. the, the big songs. So, so that's something I really like also about this job. So on one point, yes, on one hand, I am the musician, I'm the full-time artist, but on the other hand, I also have this kind of business uh, thing in my head, which I probably learned maybe, maybe, which I maybe learned at Funky Media also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As, as we talked about the trigger uh, of your success, so there's another trigger I want to ask you about because in that business, to succeed, you need to be very resilient. And you already, you already mentioned that. A lot of people told you you were not getting streams, you were not getting successful, all that stuff. You stick with it. So that uh, makes, like, you love music. So what makes you fail so much in music that you stick so resilient to that path? You need to be a dreamer. When did that happen? You need to be a dreamer. You need to, um, like, when, for example, three, four years ago, um, I always thought that it will work, it will work, and it works, but it was not really working. <laughs> <laughs> it was not going really well for us. So we were touring a lot um, and we had some streams, but we were break even at the end, by the end of the month. And, um, and I was telling myself that it's, that it was going, that it was going great. You know, we were touring in Brazil, all over Europe. And um, I thought, okay, I'm super successful, but it was not, Like it was not the case actually. 
so you need to be a dreamer. <laughs> I think that's my final answer. But honestly, breaking even is good. Yeah, actually, is, yeah. at least yeah, you're not. It sounds like a success. Yeah. Thing. But I have to so say, that's at least successful. That is success successful. But as I said before, I also I am I am a little bit an anxious person. Also, um, I need to have some insurance somewhat so and yeah. that is what also triggers me sometimes and drives me this insurance um is kicking my <clears throat> you know <laughs> oh you can swear my <laughs> uh, sometimes so when i'm getting too lazy i don't know who is doing it but someone in my head is telling me max get the fuck up and make music <laughs> And that's, um, yeah, that is that is something that uh, that helps me um, when I'm lazy or when I'm having having a bad day. Um, yeah. Now, nice that you said that. That can throw us back onto talking about the album for a moment. What is it about this album that actually inspired you? Have you? Is there something that that inspired you into? Yeah taking it and using something that you thought, oh, wow, this is amazing, and taking some form of the music that Arizona has done in Asylum and incorporating it somehow into your music. Yeah, I mean, um, I cannot tell you a particular song where I get, where I got an inspiration for a song that we released But I can tell you that when I'm listening to music that much from an artist, um, I am I get I definitely get inspired. Um, and Arizona is a band that has kind of the same approach as I have when I make music and when I think about successful music, because what we what a lot of people forget is. Um, And I know there are a lot of people that hate radio music um, because it's all sounding the same. It's uh, you're looking at one on the <laughs> with the black hat there. Yeah, and I don't listen to the radio. I only listen to depressing. Yeah, music. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but but that is something that challenges me, and I like that challenge. Um, and that is what what Arizona also did in the album, very, very good. In my opinion, they produced very, very commercial, good sounding music. It's just, it's just so harmonic. Everything is, is very harmonic and the lyrics are depressing sometimes. Like some of the tracks are very depressing, but still they have the soundscape that is just filling my ears with, good chords and music and that's something i i really feel comfortable with and also also for me when i make music and i when i listen to like you know sometimes you have a c major chord um played on a piano and then you play it on a piano which is totally different from that piano and it sounds different and sounds sounds special and that's what they did also with a lot of synths and um the bass and 
and how he sings the top line also together with his voice. I think he's a very unique voice also. Very, yeah. Um, and that is also very inspiring to me because we try to work with only with native artists. Um, so, for example, um, the last one we recorded was actually not a UK or a US or native um, speaking singer, but she she sounds native. So for me, that's fine. Um, and and I think he has such a special voice, and that's something I am seeking for always. Also, when I when I'm looking for 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 vocalists, um, and I'm seeking for this harmonic. Uh, soundscape in our songs like to to find special like also this 80 sounds i'm really uh yeah i'm really addicted to they are hardcore 80 sound yeah yeah Yeah. on on um what track was it track number three where you are yeah as soon as it started i was like the i i had flashes of dancing on the ceiling from lionel richie playing through my head yeah exactly but still it sounds it sounds very it sounds modern, but oh, you modern, get the yeah. throwback yeah. to the eighties yeah. from the yeah, and that's actually that's cool. the, like the most obvious and the most successful song of the last two years, uh, "Blinding Lights" from the weekend. Uh, it showed how successful this music can be. That's twenty twenty is like the year of the eighties throwback yeah. for music. Yeah, so they were even ahead. <laughs> There are you. That's the problem. They didn't get huge at the. They didn't release the '80s influenced music at the right time. They did a year too early. Yeah, or there was not a single that could have break breaking through. You know, like uh, problems. Yeah, for me also. For me, that's the same. Uh, I I love the song, and everyone I show the song uh, is pretty addicted. Um. But I played it for I played it for Yurtis, my wife, last night, and she as well was like, yeah. "That's pretty cool." Yeah, but you know what? And that's a little bit freaky, and sometimes it scares me. Um, but for example, on Spotify, when you release a song, you can pretty much after one week tell if it's a hit or not. Really? Yeah. And uh, okay. Uh, and. That's something, um, yeah, it scares me. I think it's it's crazy. I think there are sometimes also songs that, that need some time, obviously, but Spotify is showing the stats. Like when you listen to a song, and I think that's pretty honest. I think Spotify is pretty honest because you listen to a song and if you save it to your library or if you if you hit the like button on it, I, I don't know if it's a like button but you can hard it and then it's it's uh yeah going to be in your in your favorite playlist and then you can add it to your playlist as well and obviously it also tracks for how long you are listening to a song so there's a so-called skip rate um and maybe it was not good enough obviously it was not as good as one of the big hits like Blinding Lights. And that's why Problems is not a worldwide hit, but it still has decent streams. So it is obviously a successful song. So this song is a success. Like they have, I think the song has more streams than any of our songs and they were a big success in Germany. So in the US, it's a little bit a different story because so many more people are living there and listen to music. It, it, 
also, I think, has a lot to do with having major label representation. The weekend has major label yeah. backing power, which means you hear him on every radio station. And then when people want to listen to something on Spotify, they go, oh, that guy, the weekend. And they look him up. Yes, but and he's famous as a figure, right? Yeah, like they, 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 he's a celebrity. Yeah, I think but, that is also a huge percentage that comes on top of that. But you also I, you also see people and artists that release music and they have the major power and nothing happens. And there's a lot of money put into a song or into a project and nothing happens. And that is because the streaming services um, they are not performing on the streaming services. Max, I hate to break it to you, but you guys have two songs that have more streams than problems. We have two? Or, or really? Okay. I thought problems had more. <laughs> problems has 38 million oh, 38. streams, and you okay. guys have gimme, 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 and bittersweet. Yeah, okay. Yeah. How much? Okay, then you don't then you don't know our other songs. We have another one over 40 million on Spotify, but you don't see it in the top five. <laughs> How is that not in the top five? <laughs> Because in the top five, you only see the songs that are streaming the most um, through the last 28 days. Ah, what's your uh, other song that's in the top that has over 40? It's called Oxus. Oxus. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And there that's is, actually the last one I listened to. Yeah. <laughs> that's also the first song that we ever released on Spotify. Really? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Why are some of your songs on Spotify, but not all? Um, Is that a rights thing? <clears throat> Actually, every original song we ever produced is on Spotify. Um, and some covers aren't. Some remixes, are remixes. And some cover songs are not because, uh, on the one hand, maybe we didn't want to release it <laughs> officially. Um, and sometimes we tried, but did not um, get it through. Uh-huh. Yeah, there are also some some remixes we did in the past um, that we still try to to release officially. Um, for example, we did one called Bulletproof that was our biggest remix we ever did, and artists like Kaigo played them on Lola Palusa, uh, Coachella live. Um, but Larue, the artist herself, That, she yeah. she hates it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think so. I think she heard it because we 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 were trying to get through like for like four years now, um, and they are just very artistic and they want to keep their yeah original the one release and that's fine. I mean, you have to respect the artist's uh, opinion, and um, if they don't like it, they don't like it. How do you guys um, pick what songs that you're going to do remixes of? Mm, I always like to keep um, the instruments of the remixes we do um, as they were in the original. So that is something I'm looking into if if the remix has a certain top line played melody um, with an instrument that we can 
make faster, for example, that we can pitch. Like what you did with Bittersweet Symphony. Exactly. So the strings. With the violin, with the strings. Yes, the violin. It's it's exactly what you can hear also in the, in the original version. I listened to both today. Yeah. I listened to yours and then the, the original. Yeah. And I was like, I can't stand the original now. <laughs> it's too slow. No. Yeah. Yeah, and and um, yeah, and it's pretty risky, also, obviously, to 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 make remixes like this because it's a legendary song. But as Beric said, one hit wonder. Yeah, name me another song. Name me another song by the Verve. Oh, I can tell you, Lucky One, for example. They have they now, have now the drugs now the drugs, the drugs don't, don't work. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have great songs yeah. actually. I, I don't, but they, they, they became they, like they, actual they, radio hits. Other than no, they're huge in the UK, Trevor. That you know the song uh, "Cast No Shadow" by Oasis. That's basically a homage on Richard Ashcroft from the Verve. He's but, like super famous. But now you see, like it is, it is something that that is how ninety nine percent of the people look at the Verf. Like ninety nine percent of of the people that that hear the name the Verf, they they can only say, okay, but a sweet symphony. Like, That's me. I am in yeah. that ninety nine percent. I don't know anything other than bittersweet symphony for, yeah. by the Verf. And I I pride myself on knowing things about music. Yeah. But the verve is not in my I think I think in my bag. I think it's not so for for me it was also an accident that I listened to those songs um to the other ones and I listened to them way before uh, I thought about making a remix of Bittersweet Symphony and I thought about it a long time because I knew that there were going to be some haters <laughs> um that don't like it but um that's why I wanted to keep the strings as they were um mm-hmm. and i think uh that's how i choose my remixes or the remixes that we do together um that we produce um yeah so there need need to be some some instruments that are very iconic for the song and uh and and we like to do remixes of that but sometimes obviously if we have if we find the great or when i'm when i'm walking in the park and i and I have a great melody in my head of a song, and I think, okay, how can, for example, a saxophone or some other strings sound sound uh, sound along uh, the other parts of the song? Um, I think we also we also uh, approached uh, a remix like that in the past, but mostly we need to have something uh, like we need to we need to have a certain top line that is played by an instrument that we can that we can keep it's funny that you bring up the saxophone yeah i was uh listen after i listened to arizona last night for a while i had to listen to some of your stuff mm-hmm. and it made a bit of an observation you guys in some of the songs use a lot of saxophone yeah and actually <laughs> is actually that was a time um and we still, like from from time to time, we still do it. But in 2014, that was actually the year of the saxophone. Everyone made songs with saxophones. That was for. Example, I was going to ask that. Yeah, if it was all from one time. Yeah, because it was just like you said earlier. You just get a playlist going, going, and you don't actually pay attention to what song it is or yeah. when it's from. Yeah, I just noticed 
that song has a lot of saxophone. That song has a lot of saxophone. That song has a lot of saxophone. And I didn't actually look to see when you guys released them. So I was like, how much does Max actually like the saxophone? (laughs) Yeah, I actually love it because it replaces. And at that time, it was not easy for us to get a lot of um, good singers. Uh, So it replaces a top line, like in the, in the, uh, in the chorus. Um, so what a saxophone did for us was when you have a mediocre uh, song that is very nice, but is not, is not a 10 out of 10, the saxophone sometimes, if you find something or someone that plays something, um, or if you play it on the, on the, on the synth, sometimes we also just played it on, on the synth. You, nowadays, you don't recognize it. Um, it can it can make a song. It can put a song on the next level. So a saxophone is like it's a cherry a, on the top. Yeah, it's it's like a singer um, that 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 is doing the chorus for you. Um, yeah. And on top, in 2014, um, it was a year where a lot of saxophone songs were very successful on the radio okay um and um and we we were all friends like we met each other on soundcloud and we 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 got we got to be friends afterwards um and that's why we had a lot of songs with saxophone and still sometimes i am searching for 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 saxophonists um to, to try and and, uh, and 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 play over some of our songs because I think still it's a great instrument um, and it's driving it's it's very very compatible with dan- on the dance floor um, and like everyone was loving it when we played it like the saxophone songs were all the, always the most successful songs on the dance floor. <laughs> So next question, when can we expect a Gamper and Dadani Kenny G remix? <laughs> well, I actually don't know him. No, he's like this huge like saxophone player from like the 90s in America. I, I, I never heard of him. <laughs> you know what? I found the saxophone, like the the guys that we worked with were either saxophone players uh, small saxophone players I found on a platform called Sound Better. They are now uh, Spotify bought them now, <laughs> the platform. Um, so there was a platform where you can just connect to musicians, and, um, and that's cool. Yeah, and we worked with uh, with some saxophonists from there, and or I played it on the on the piano, or we found we worked with some samples. Um, and I, I, I actually, I don't know anything about saxophone <laughs> other than than that. <laughs> I don't I'll, know. I'll send you some Kenny G. Yeah, send so me Kenny G. There's actually one saxophone. So what, what track. is your all-time favorite? Uh, what is your all-time favorite saxophone track? I actually, one? I, I have one. Many? I have one, um, but I can't tell. Because we are working on a song on a on a cover version of that song. Ah. And if I'm telling it now, like obviously I can tell you afterwards. But if I'm telling it now, yeah. and anyone rec- like I think that's a song that if someone 
discovers that one, anyone uh, would, would do a cover up. You know, we we have like ten listeners for every. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Even you're pretty only, safe. Even if it's only ten, no. But I think um, what are the most what are the saxophone songs I like the most? Um, I think there's some saxophone in Take Five, right? You know, Take Five. I think so. From yeah. which artist? It's oh. like a classic jazz. Yeah, song, yeah, it's it? a classic jazz song. Take five. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the guy called? Um, take five. I just watched a video about Dave, that. Explain Dave Brubeck. Five. Dave Brubeck. Yeah, yeah. And that's. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 probably my favorite saxophone track. Do you, do you know Gregory Porter? Yes, for sure. Our last episode was about Gregory Porter. Ah. Our last full episode. His saxophone player, very dope. Mm. Yeah, he also, um, there were some really great remixes from, or one great remix actually from Purple Disco Machine of a Gregory Porter song we played a lot. Um, I really like Gregory Porter. He's a great one. Great singer. I got to mix him once. Ah, nice. Where? At Uber Jazz Festival. Ah, really nice. He's from the UK Where? or from the US? He's from the States, hmm. from California. Crazy. But uh, see, was it like the album you uh, you talked about? Is it is it an old one or is it a new one? It was his second one. Okay. Because I But never heard of him again in the radio or somewhere. Actually, his albums basically every single album he releases releases gets nominated for a grammy and wins it nice but it's not red in the radio albums especially for red wine yeah there's so many so many good music for red wine i can tell you oh yeah i just i just, basically any music is good for red wine yeah maybe not <laughs> not maybe maybe metal is maybe not metal metal yeah, yeah, yeah. metal Do you, speaking of music genres, is there any music genre that doesn't influence what you guys do at all? Yeah, metal. metal. <laughs> yeah. Other, other, than, other than metal, I could have guessed that one. I can tell you a funny story um, about metal, um, heavy metal, actually. We once played um, in Dublin at the Academy. And um, I think our set was from... 11 until 12 until like 30 minutes after midnight <laughs> until 12 30 it's weird it's weird for germans yeah yeah it's weird for germans yeah, um, right, yeah and we were in the backstage we arrived and um and i just saw oh fuck what's going on here like a lot of uh sweaty guys <laughs> and obviously it was a heavy metal band like played they played before us so there was a concert before we played and in the same venue in the same venue and we had one backstage room <laughs> to share it smelled like hell i can tell you like hell it was the most disgusting thing i ever smelled and everyone was drinking beer of the band and we were arriving and and uh, We didn't have a manager with us, so so I told the 
the guy at the venue. So when are they leaving? Because it was already 30 minutes before our show. And I really like to chill a little bit before our show and to mm -hmm. close my eyes. And so I was telling the tour manager of the band, like, when are you guys leaving? Um, and he was, when we want to leave, we, uh, what do you want from me? Like, we are leaving when we want to leave. And I was like, okay, but we have a show in 30 minutes. Um, so long story short, the band that played before us was Amen Amath. And it's like, it is the biggest heavy metal band, I think, on earth at the moment. <laughs> that was my head. Amen Amath. Amen Amath. Yeah. Amen. They are like playing Wacken here in Germany also. They are headliners. They have a, I think they have 1 million Facebook followers or even more. And they are, they are huge in the, in the scene. <laughs> and I was also telling to the singer. So like 15 minutes before our show, guys, please, it's our time and go. <laughs> uh, that was guys, like, fuck off already. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And that was my heavy metal moment. But that's not why I don't like heavy metal. I just can't relate to the music. It's, 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 there are two, two, two less melodies and the two, two less harmonies. <laughs> and that's the music I'm not getting. But if, by. if you change your mind and you want to start a heavy metal band for whatever reason, one day you should call it smell like hell. <laughs> that is a smell. good heavy metal band. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just aim in a mouth. <laughs> yeah. Or smell like aim in a mouth. Yeah. Smell like yeah. aim in a mouth. Yeah. No, that was, that was, I just checked. They also exist like 92. So they're like, You, they're old. Yeah, they're huge. Very old. Yeah. Interesting thing about metal bands, though they the guys are they're very musical. People. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you get like into the Swedish and like the the Nordic metal. I think Emin Amath is also Nordic, right? Or are they from the US? Probably. I think they are Nordic. Um, That sounds like a Nordic name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously. Um, especially the guitarists, I think, and the drum drummers are are very, very, very talented people. I I did a gig back in when I was living in Canada with oh, I forget what metal band it was, but they would come out in full body armor, like dressed like a knight, yeah, and perform on the stage. Yeah. And their their front of house guy was like, "Yeah, they look kind of scary now." get on the bus they sit down and listen to classical music all night mm -hmm. like the, it's guys that are classically trained yeah. and they just transform it into a different style of music yeah totally yeah and uh and usually in the most relaxed guys right like yeah, also the they're fans super chill from heavy super metal nice to, festivals super most nice to people. work with yeah in germany in Ger punk rock guys punk rock guys metal guys easiest to work with yeah That's their way how, my side how, to, how to release, uh, relief, release the stress <laughs> to listen to classical music. And that's actually what I'm doing too. Like I'm not producing heavy metal, but I'm like, uh, I'm, I, I like classical music. For example, when we, when we were on tour and in the, on the plane, uh, I always listen to, to, uh, to classical music, to piano music. That's most of the time what I'm listening to. Only piano. I love it. Just straight up piano, no other instruments. Yeah. Because with the piano, you can play everything. You can play the singer, you can play the violins. True. You can play so like what the violin is playing. You can you can play the bass. You can play everything, and that's why I like the piano, and I get inspired by piano melodies. 
And actually, there are so many great piano songs that create melodies that are way better than anything we are we are listening to at the radio at the moment. Like melodies that just fulfill your mind, you know, like it's like a, like that pleasure your ears. I I love it. Like piano music, in my opinion, is the best music. Do you have a favorite pianist? Um, I have one that I listen to a lot. Um, are they alive? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, the guy is called Lambert. L-A-M-B-E-B-A-B-E-R-T. <laughs> Lambert. Lambert. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's wearing a mask. Uh, really? Yeah. And I, I think it's because... You he... don't really need it to play. You don't need to see the keyboard if you're playing piano. If, yeah. If you're good. So. I think maybe he's a little bit uncomfortable with being at the spotlight also in the spotlight. Um, but I, I, I was at a show here in Hamburg uh, watching him and it was exactly what I thought it would be like. Like he played the songs exactly how they sounded and I love it. Uh, it's just amazing. So Lambert, I can, I can really recommend, especially the song Stay in the Dark. Stay in the Dark by yeah. Lambert. And that's something. Oh. For- is, is he a German it's artist? Out, or is outside he a- music that I will like. Yes. <laughs> And that's, for example, that's a song I listened to and I replayed on the piano and I can play it also. It's really nice. It's not that by ear. It's not that hard by ear, yeah. It's not that hard, but it's, yeah, it's it's very unique and it's the melodies are insane. So that is that is one of my favorite songs ever. And I listened to his album uh, whenever I was on the plane. So that is probably my favorite pianist. Um, that I was listened to a lot, but I I have a lot of songs that I like from artists um, that um, that inspire me. But it's not that I'm listening to one artist um, a lot like that much. That from Lombard, for example. If and you this- um, when you he, you you listen to a lot of music every day, right? Yeah. <clears throat> what is it? when you listen to music that actually is there one specific thing that kind of that you've noticed inspires you for when you work on music or is it just kind of all of a sudden something clicks um i would say yeah it's it's a mixture between the melodies the arrangement of a song how different melodies um work together with each other um but most of the time what i recognized and that is something i actually even recognized half a year ago when you listen to very very successful songs um and you play the chords that the song is built around um most of the time the top line that the singer not that the singer is singing, but that is the main uh, top line that you recognize the song for, that you sing along after the first time you listen to it, is that they are played inside of the chords and that it's super easy to replay it. So you even, even when you only know how to play a chord on the piano, you can play the top line 
without playing some like crazy melodies. So it's very, very easy, but it's genius. Like for example, my one of my one of my biggest idols also was Avicii. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously he did electronic music and it's not something like everyone would say is the most genius music, but he was a genius. Like he, he, Oh yeah. He had yeah. melodies in his songs that were just absolutely international mainstream, but so, so good. And that is something I recognized, uh, like six months ago, how, because I was digging deeper into this kind of, um, structures, how this massive hits are, are built. And it's, and it's not that hard actually, but it's super hard to find something that no one ever did before. So that's also this classical thing. Okay. This, there's this song on YouTube where someone plays four chords and there is yeah, the four chord song. song. Yeah. The four chord song. Um, but the chords are not the main thing. The main thing is what the guy is singing or what the top line is about. So that's what I'm, like you recognize in this podcast, I'm saying the word top line a lot. And that's the most important thing um, about a song. What is it? Is there a, despite of maybe Arizona and Asylum, is there a song that you're the most, or a top line that you're the most jealous of that you wish, I wish so desperately that this would be a song from me? The problem is I I could never tell which is my favorite song ever. Never. Because there yeah, are of course. That's, so that's many songs. Funny. But I can tell you some artists I'm jealous of. and But I have to say, most of the time, when we hear massive hits nowadays, there is not only one guy writing it. So um, No, it's all collaboration yeah. nowadays. Yeah. So what we have to appreciate at artists as artists is most of the time not the artist himself but the writer like the songwriter um and the songwriters that work for justin bieber i mean justin bieber like 10 years ago obviously it was shit but what he's doing now like every song is sticking in my head it's it's unbelievable or lauf the guy L-A-U-V. Um, I think he's writing a lot. Um, those guys are writing Echirin. Those are guys are writing the best top lines um, where I'm very jealous of at the moment. Ed Sheeran doesn't write his own stuff? Yeah, yeah, he is. That's what I told. He's he's writing his own stuff. Or, or Ed Sheeran. I thought you no, meant... Justin Bieber. Love Justin Bieber, I don't... Ed Sheeran stuff. No, 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 no. Um, Ed Sheeran also writes for other artists, obviously, but Ed Sheeran yeah, writes yeah, yeah. own stuff. That I knew. Um, but also, also Ed Sheeran is sometimes working with other songwriters. Um, Ed Sheeran wrote a song yeah. for Rihanna that she didn't end up playing, and he used it for himself. Yeah, I think that was Shape of You, wasn't it? I don't know. I actually, I, uh, some days ago, I I, uh, I watched the video um, about the making of of Shape of You. It's very interesting on YouTube. But I I. I don't remember that they mentioned um, this Rihanna story. There's, there's one one song that became huge for him that was supposed to be a Rihanna song. Hmm. Okay, I didn't know. No, but Ed Sheeran obviously is writing his own stuff. But Justin Bieber, I don't know. Maybe he writes together with some other uh, songwriters. 
baby 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 oh baby 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 oh this one obviously is the one i hate <laughs> yeah but the late- that's an old one right yeah that's an old one yeah. the latest ones i mean <clears throat> this there was one called holy he released some months ago the text okay it was it was it was nice it's good that he's turning that he's getting some strength out of the spiritual uh world and that he he's very religious now um i think that's a good thing for him um but like the melodies are insane like how the songs build and it's just a pleasure for your ears and the same for for the song he released two weeks ago um and is that the one with uh mendez i actually don't know i i i saved it to my spotify list but I listened to it only twice, but I already knew I needed to save it. That's how the algorithm, when the algorithm kicks in, it's called anyone <laughs> and it's not a feature. So it's just him. I think. Okay. Um, and yeah, Ed Sheeran, obviously uh, my favorite song from Ed Sheeran, for example, is Castle on the Hill. Um, yeah. I think that's an insane song. Um, Love is uh, also an insane artist. Those are the artists I'm 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 jealous of, yeah. <laughs> Because I can't sing that good. I can't sing. I studied singing, but I'm not the best singer. I needed to study music and singing to recognize that I'm not the best singer. <laughs> Thanks for that. Maybe next life. I uh when I was listening to some all. of your when I was listening to some of your songs. I noticed that there's in some of the songs a male vocal in the background. Yeah. Is that you? Sometimes it actually is. Um, but I don't think that it's the ones that you think I am the background singer. No, I, I didn't think. I was just wondering. Yeah, I, was yeah. like, I didn't think that Max actually sang. Yeah, no, it's so most of the time. I was kind of oh, wondering. Probably, I was like, probably not. Um, um, but what I was doing, for example, um, there is a song we released, <clears throat> I think in 2018, it's called Island in the Sun, uh, mm-hmm. which was pretty successful on Spotify also. That's actually, that's one of the ones I was thinking of. Yeah. No, um, that was not, uh, the one I was in the background, but I sang it and I sent everything to the singer. So he just re re-sang what I was singing. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, so I am singing the top line sometimes for, uh, for our original song as like a for like demo purposes yes yes and and also it's good because um we are able to do it you know and uh, that's nice also for the publishing um or the copyright of the song um because uh, obviously we also work together sometimes with songwriters um for example rule the world our last single uh, was written by by i think in total, we were six people or something like writing on the song because sometimes it can be very positive to 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 find to, if you have an, a good idea but you don't know how to finalize it to 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 give it to some people and um, and we are always communicating it also like that you know like it's it's a project of everyone together and when we release it for example we also um, tag them on Instagram and and tell the story you know we are honest with that. I've I've noticed something recently. As Beric knows, I've been I haven't been a big big pop music fan all, all my life. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in 2020, <laughs> I have become like a massive pop 
pop fan, especially considering you you know I used to tour with the Ten Tenors. Yeah. And I am very much male vocals are for me good. A lot of female vocals especially in in classic I can't stand. Mm-hmm. Like sopranos and stuff in classical music. It just it for me it grates in my ear. And but re- this past year has been for me the year of female pop vocalists. Mm-hmm. And discovering that I like bass guitar, which I hated before. And and uh this this year my two top artists have been Taylor Swift and Dua Lipa. Yeah. And when you look at a I, I got the Dua Lipa album for Christmas. Yeah. On vinyl. And when you look at the credits, it's like Dua Lipa plus like six other people. Yeah. It's a massive collaboration. And I think it's kind of interesting seeing that you get like these massive hits from massive artists where they they still work on it themselves, but they're completely free. She will go online and say, these people helped me write this song. This guy is amazing at doing this. This guy, this woman is amazing at doing this and she gives complete credit to the entire yeah. group of people that do it and I, I i find that such a refreshing thing when you we grew up in the 90s where you had artists like your pop artists were britney spears and like in sync and stuff and and you thought they, they were everything <laughs> they were they were like these big yeah. pop pop brilliant people and you find out it's like like a two Swedish guys in the background writing yeah. all the music yeah. and everything. And it's, it gets more of a personal feel. I find when you find out they, okay, this, this pop music musician worked on this, but with these people, yeah, they still had an input on how it was made, but it wasn't just them. It was also this person and this person and this person. Yeah. I, I really yeah. like that. Yeah. And most people don't, don't care. When you try to hide it, they care, yeah. right? If you if yeah. you try to protect it and you anyway don't write it, but if you say like, there's a great guys to work with. I mean, Beyonce has like on Lemonade working with like thirty producers or something like that, or people that wrote, wrote that song and open about it. Nobody cares. Like, if the music is good, then it's fine. Mm-hmm. So maybe not all. Some artists maybe have have other um, processes, and that's 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 great to have. But I think that that is a part of it, like the honesty that you mentioned, Max. The only thing that I don't like is when artists really don't do anything. And you obviously you also don't know, or maybe you know that Dua Lipa is doing stuff. But in our scene, for example, here in Germany, from the people that I know, there are also a lot of artists or music pro- or DJs or DJs um, that are just not doing anything. And... I don't like when they hide that, you know, when they like they like for, for, for everyone that is a fan of this artist. Um, you totally have someone in mind that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> I can like tell you, it's not, not only one. It's, 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 I am not burning bridges, but it's probably there are people that do this. It's probably 50% especially that many especially when they had an accidental hit you know like there are a lot of djs 
bands, artists. It's not only DJs, it's also bands. And they have a massive hit. And then they obviously get signed to a major label. And then there is a lot of pressure. And sometimes um, they just can't stand it. And, 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 they, and someone is writing for them and producing it for them and mas mixing it for them and mastering it for them. And then they release it because it's obviously a, a good song and it's going to be successful. But they lost their credibility. Like, I'm so asking you, as soon as we stop recording, I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are a lot. Um, and what I wanted to tell after you told me the thing, uh, or you, you, told about, uh, you talked about the 90s thing, what I am missing, and that is something I like, and I would love to know if someone thinks about this, about us, uh, like if someone thinks about it like us, um, about us, is like Gemper and Dodonia. Yeah. Um, like in the 80s, 90s, maybe in the early 20s also, um, there were artists for me, like Coldplay, back in the days, that I really thought were like a myth, you know? Like you, you obviously you see them in on the TV, but now you're so, so like so close on social media that you like i am losing interest of artists you know like for me it was really really um surprising to see the artists live on stage it was like a dream coming true mm -hmm. and and now it's like yeah you make a story and he's talking and you feel like so connected you feel like a part of their family And that's something I really don't like about uh, the the mystery is gone. Yeah, the mystery is. Gone. I can totally relate to that. And absolutely I, and I, too. And I would yeah, really absolutely. like to know if someone thinks about it, about this kind of mystery um, related to our project. You know, like I that was that would be something very interesting to me. Like if there's someone because we don't post that much on Instagram, we post something and we do some stories, but not like any other artist probably. No. You know who who does that, who became massive, which it breaks my heart to have to say it because it's one of Barrick's choices for a band or for an album. Frank Ocean ah, yeah. is completely in the yeah. black. No one knows who Frank Ocean yeah. really is. Yeah. He's just this guy who's out there. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's the best example. He's a mystery. He's a mystery. Yeah. And or Daft Punk. That's or Daft Punk because oh, yeah. you can find pictures of what they look like, yeah. but you don't really know. Yeah. Or from underground artists, unfortunately, just died from hip hop. MF Doom, I mean, he all he was the yeah, inventor of the mask. Like he's he's still a myth. Now he died. Now he will become a, Crow's, a huge Crow, myth. Crow here in Germany is the same way. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, I kind yeah. Like, true. I did it. I did a gig with Crow once where yeah. soundcheck. He has no mask on, and then. They go before soundcheck and go, everyone's phones have to be put away. Yeah. No one is allowed to show what this guy's face. Yeah. This was like like about four or five years ago. And they were like, his face does not show up on anything. Yeah. yeah. This is a mystery. Yeah. But I can absolutely relate relate to that. I think it's, it's some I, power I of the music. Of the music, it too. makes it more interesting. I, obviously, I love to listen about backgrounds, but sometimes, even also for songs, sometimes I don't really know 
what it's 100% about because I would want to make my own reality. And I think a lot of artists also want to have that. I said, well, of course, I, I had something in my mind, but I still want my fans to just make something out of it and to make everything too easy, too visible, too accessible, really sometimes cuts off the joy. Yeah, yeah. And that's something I so also never wanted to, to happen. That's why we also from, I think, in 2017, late 2017, beginning of 2018, we stopped touring. Um, we focused on... Production. You stopped touring? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because we were touring every, every weekend. So it's not like a band, obviously. Oh. So you don't tour for three weeks in a row and then you have, I don't know, six months off. But it's more mm -hmm. like you go every weekend. And um, and it's exhausting. And um, I was also, I think now I'm a little bit older and I, I am a little bit more relaxed. But um, in a, during that time, I was still very nervous. You know, we didn't have a tour manager that protected us a lot. Um, hmm. Do you guys have one now? No, I think I don't need no. one now. But now you, you do it yourself now. Yeah, I think now I would I would be more comfortable. And now I'm in a position also where I know that when I when I say something that argues someone, for example, it would not have consequences that will ruin my career or something. Yeah. But I was, yeah, I was a little bit anxious about this also when we were touring um, between 2015 and 18, um, that when we behave like assholes, <laughs> that it will, that we will get a bad reputation because the tour, uh, the bookers, they all know each other. <laughs> yeah, that they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you want to have a bit of confidence though. If, like you said, they know each other. If they know that, hey, Gamper and Donnie can get pushed around, if we tell them they have to do this, yeah. then... Sure, yeah. But I think... Then the next guy's going to find out that, hey, we can do this to them. Yeah, we can do anything we want, yeah. No, but, but that's... I think our image within the industry is a very good one. So we... we um, everyone knows that we are not... Um, saying yes to everything. Um, when it comes to touring, it's a little bit hard to say because uh, last year, obviously, we couldn't tour and we wanted to start touring again. So we are trying to um, to start touring again whenever it's possible. Um, but we don't want to do the small clubs most of the time. We, we want to play the big shows now, if it's possible. You never know. But if it would be possible, it would be nice. Um, also protect our, to protect ourselves a little bit from being too exhausted from touring because there are so many clubs, as you know, and uh, mm -hmm. everyone uh, wants to book you for, for the small money or for the smaller money. Uh, and we would... We would uh, We would rather do the big shows, uh, let's say two, three times a month, and then, then that's it. 
or two times a month. I think that's a nice number. Two times a month. Two times a month. <laughs> yeah, I think that's nice. So you have two weeks to relax, like two days before you get a little bit excited and you need one day afterwards to, to calm down. And then you have one and a half weeks to, to, to just chill and to make music. That's a good, I think that's nice. That's a, that's a good post-COVID target. Yeah. I mean, that is one, that is 100% a good post-COVID. <laughs> yeah. Target. I mean, it's 20. Speaking of targets, for, for you as an artist, do you have like some right now, some checklists, some, some goals that you as an artist want to achieve on next level? Or is it also just like stick, stick with the flow, like, like you work, like, let's see what comes, what inspires you. Mm. Or you have still something like a big project in mind. We said that's something I want to I want to achieve and reach. I mean, I am very ambitious, um, and I was thinking about when, for example, when we got our first uh, golden record, I was I was listening to myself, um, like I was trying to feel how I feel about it. Like I was listening very closely and. And I didn't actually feel anything. <laughs> I thought it was something uh. nice to have, you know. Um, but on the other hand, I'm always very ambitious. So when a song is not not working really well, of course, I'm getting a little bit nervous. And since we don't release 10 songs a year, but more like four, um, it is very important to that that at least two of those songs work because otherwise True. you are not getting for, you're not getting forward so i hate to make steps back i hate it to see when our streams go down obviously um so i would say that is something that drives me and um i am i'm i'm ambitious to to always um make a step forward then then a step backwards. A big thing that Barrick and I have talked about in previous episodes has been the concept nowadays of an of the complete album. Yeah. If you look back at in the history of music, the 60s, 70s, 80s was very much albums where people would make like concept albums that would go for like an hour and a half long and they would have songs that were 10 minutes and nowadays it's completely different it's very much single based and short and and short and f especially for the for the genre that you guys are in it's completely it's almost completely single based. Yeah. Have you guys ever thought of doing an actual album? Um, yes. Or would that, would that actually work for you? Uh, no. <laughs> no. So yes, I, 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 uh, we thought about it, but no, I think I am not even able to make an album that I would be satisfied with. Um, what would be an opportunity is, or an opportunity is, for example, to, um, to make an album out of the songs that we released, let's say over the last 
16 to 24 months and then add mm -hmm. some album tracks. But I would never be satisfied with 10 songs, I'm sure, that I produced within, let's say, three months or something. Never. That will never happen. Yeah, but there's there's albums that take like multiple years. Yeah. To finish. Yeah. Yeah, but that no, that yeah, that just doesn't make sense um, promotion-wise, marketing-wise. It's it's just uh, not smart to for us. It's it would not be smart because like minimum fifty percent of the songs will just fall off because it doesn't matter if you if you release an album there there are the songs that are working better and there are some songs that are not working that good. But for example, even if the sixth song of the album is um, like you, if you would release it as a single, um, probably it would work if, if no one knows about the other songs. But if you have this album, you always have like five songs that fall under the table and five songs that are a little bit better. And then you have two to three singles um, and I think I don't like that um, as a music producer how we uh, how we work. So that would not be my my favorite way to go. So for for a production team, it doesn't actually work. Yeah, and I, to do albums, some yeah. uh, some do albums like yeah, Robin yeah, Robin Schultz does yeah, he's had full on albums yeah, but most of the time his albums also consists of. 90% of the singles that he released already. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. A lot of features, like every every track has a, another singer or something like that. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's just a marketing thing. So they just want to have this album out to, to have a reward for it, you know, an award. So you get an award for an album if you have this much sales. So the single sales already count in. So that's just a marketing thing. Ah, so if, if you put the singles on that you released before the album came out, then you actually still get. I am very sure that those get this. Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. And so because of my music, musical taste for 2020, Dua Lipa has a, I'm, I'm keeping going back to this stuff. Um, Dua Lipa has her her album Eric's laughing his ass off um <laughs> future nostalgica as an album but then also was a remix remix album yeah. now you guys as musical producers can do remixes of these tracks if you want to yeah how would one go about actually getting onto do you just like make a remix and then send it to the artist and say, "Hey, here we did one." Yeah. So you mean the process how we how we approach? The, how do you get yeah. onto like how would you get onto something like yeah. that? Yeah. So most of the time, uh, so you have to um, to to see the difference between a cover version and a remix. So a mm -hmm. remix is something where you change a lot, and a cover version is something where you stick to the arrangement of the song at least a little bit <laughs> or a little bit more. And um, you you don't change the lyrics. Um, you don't add certain extra melodies that are significant. And that's something you can um, check with the publishers, obviously. 
So um, if they consider it as a cover or as a remix, and then if they, for example, consider it as a remix or from the beginning you are willing to do a remix, um, you need to contact someone that is um, responsible for uh, for the copyright or the master right at least. And then sometimes it takes a lot of time. Um, for example, if we would want to make a remix of Dua Lipa, we would need to probably finish the remix at first. So we would a little bit work into the dark um, at our own risk and, and risk the time that we are investing and then send it to them. And if they see it, because Dua Lipa will probably never reply herself. Um, and if, I don't know about that. If the manager sees sees the the email and and likes the remix he may uh, forward it to to the label to the team artist. i i think the artist is the, the last one uh that yeah true like an artist like dua lipa yeah. for example with arizona a lot of filters yeah a lot of filters yeah for example for arizona it was different we just i just tried to uh, figure out who the manager was i wrote him on facebook he sent it to the band and the band said yes so 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 kind of like us trying to get feist as a guest for the podcast <laughs> it goes through filters first and they go yes yeah no yes maybe yeah yeah the only person that listens to their podcast is their parents <laughs> <laughs> yeah but sometimes you are lucky and sometimes you know it's 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 also a lot to be at the right place at the uh, at the right time um you need to be lucky that's the story of life yeah you need to be very lucky with that um but yeah. also sometimes it can help to be um consistently pushing something you know um but if you you need to you you need to find the right time to jump off when you when you feel okay it's just not working so you don't waste your time because wasting Wasting time is um, is something. I mean, I'm wasting time a lot throughout the day. Um, I thought you were about to say you're wasting time talking to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm probably wasting wasting just time doing stuff that is not um, that is not bringing me to 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 the next level. You know, like to just I don't know, play around. Yeah. Uh, just watch TV shows. I don't know, something like that. Just scrolling on my phone. That's stuff that, uh, yeah. But well, at least I, I think, think as an artist, you can get as an artist, you can get inspiration from many different things, though. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. honestly, thought, anything yeah. you do can not be considered a waste of time because anything you do could be inspiring you at any moment to make different music yeah but i can tell you there are things that inspire you more than uh, playing fifa on your playstation maybe you hear a track on the playstation <laughs> that you didn't hear the other yeah, the oh, same way yeah. the day before and usually they have a great soundtrack you think, on hey yeah uh yeah i'm sure. waiting for the the gamper and the donny fifa remix yeah no i mean to be honest i'm doing this stuff i'm playing playstation for example because i want just to turn off my brain and just do something where I'm not thinking a lot. Um, because when I'm start, when I start thinking, when I'm having a quiet place, when I'm sitting in a quiet place, 
my thoughts are flowing obviously but it's sometimes positive sometimes negative so that's totally natural um but i find the most inspiration yeah when i'm listening to mu to other music that's something where i find inspiration and sometimes also when i meet new people um socializing and that's at the moment obviously not very easy um and afterwards i always need like when i'm having when i'm having an inspirational an inspirational day for example the day afterwards most of the time looks like yeah i'm just playing playstation or i'm chatting or i'm just i don't know you're processing it sitting around yeah processing it watching watching netflix or something um and sometimes the processing time is long <laughs> yeah so a lot of what you do for inspiration is music correct yeah is there anything else other than music that inspires you for for your music other than listening to music you mean yeah there are other art forms like movies yeah, or yeah. tv shows i i love art like paintings i love paintings i have a lot of pictures uh i love for example pop art i have a lot of pop art uh in my in my flat um yeah definitely so art itself like is something you can get inspired by like from every kind of places art is something universal uh, i love to watch uh, documentaries about our universe about how endless it is and to find new places to live on and stuff so that is something so i'm i was always someone that that thought about why am i here and why why are things going like they are going and like family also something that inspires me um i have a i have a great family so so that's something i'm very very glad to have um my girlfriend is someone that inspires me um yeah and they they are all artists in their own little cosmos And uh, right now you're in Hamburg and you're born and raised in Hamburg, uh, as you told, right? Yeah. How much is your, your hometown an inspiration for the music? How much of Hamburg is in your music? I think it's not a lot. Um, Hamburg for me, I, you know what? <laughs> you know, Hamburg, no shanty choirs. No, Hamburg is a very, very lovely city. I, lo I love Hamburg. I hate the weather. Um, Oh, it's so horrible. Yeah, the weather is horrible. Uh, I'm amazed that you guys don't write just depressing ass music yeah. all the time. But Trevor, you're from Canada, isn't Winnipeg like minus 20 degrees and dark all the time? Or no, we're no, getting no. something wrong. We, we have like minus 50 in the winter, but then we get like plus 30 in the summer for like which last two days, three, no, three <laughs> months, three months of. Of like nice, nice, nice weather. And here you can't tell in the summer. Here in Hamburg, you have like two weeks of yeah. like summer, and then the rest of the year is gray. In Germany, we tell durchwachsen. 
mixed, <laughs> very mixed. Um, no, like the city, I don't think so, to be honest. I mean, our music is very international. Um, so I I don't get a lot of inspirations in Hamburg, even though I love the city. I think it's it has some something something very special and something I feel I'm I, I really feel at home here. Um, but I'm for example, I moved places within the last 12 years. I moved, I think, 11 times. So inside Hamburg. Yes. Yeah. That is a lot of moving. Yeah, especially like in the first five years uh, after I moved from my parents' house, I moved like six times within three or four years. It was first I lived with some other friends. Then, no, at first I lived alone, then with some friends, then with some other friends. And it was just... That is a stressful hobby. Yeah, some yeah, some might, might call it stressful, but I always... Mm, I liked to have a new adventure, a new beginning, a new place. I was not feeling uncomfortable with it. Um, and that's yeah. maybe also why I don't feel that inspired by my city because it doesn't really matter where I am. Um, my inspiration comes from, from other places. Hamburg, I do have to say, though, Hamburg is a very musical city. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's true. The, the problem I have most, like, Hamburg is a musical city and there are great artists, but for example, and that's just a side note, but when I'm listening to Germans singing English, uh, it's I, I can't stand it. Like, it's it's something something really, really horrible for me uh, to listen to. Um, because I know how I am sounding when I when I sing English, um, it's just something I hate, and and I know a lot of artists from Hamburg that sing English, and I always tell them sing oh, okay. sing in your fucking language, like it's, it's well, it's a thousand times better for you for your like you 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 can you can really put everything into your songs. Yeah, uh, and in Hamburg, and the are... Hamburg artists, the famous ones are singing in German or rapping in German, right? Like the, I right now there's come not come not to my mind like English singing. No, but a lot of small Hamburg, artists, Hamburg like Hamburg. a lot of small artists that that play on like stages, small stages in Hamburg, they are singing in, in English, and they I try, and I don't understand. Okay. Like, like um, like Yoko, like what? Yoko, I don't know. Oh yeah, but they're good. Eric, Eric knows them. It's two sisters from Hamburg. They, I think, they live in Berlin now. And they are good. They're 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 pretty good. They're singer songwriters. They have fantastic harmonies. Okay, that's great. I mean, that's something 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 uh, something else. But I I just know and a lot of people that are that are, they don't they don't have an accent yeah, when they sing yeah that's important i hate it if people have an accent a german accent is one of the worst things you can have <laughs> yeah yeah and this is fantastic uh, yeah that, that is true so what i for example like yeah. in hamburg is the reaperbahn festival because then yeah. you have people from all over the world for example we have a song with a canadian guy called soren and he's an incredible artist i 
don't understand why he's not already huge, but um, like popular. Uh, Industry. Industry, maybe, yeah. But he has, he's a great voice and he, uh, we, we, we wrote a song together. Um, and, um, and that's, that's, that's something I really like the Reaperman Festival because from all around the people, the independent artists that are on the rise are coming together. And that's something I really like. Um, and I also like that you have um, a lot of academies where musicians can learn. Um, yeah. That is something I really like, but I don't like how, how, how they learn, like how the academy is, is working with them. Because I think I, when I see, for example, the, uh, the teachers in the, like most of the time when I, when I'm, when I'm looking at the, at the schools, like music school of music, for example, there are great teachers, obviously like great Uh, people that achieved a lot in their life, but there's no one that actually tells them how the industry works, you know? So, yeah. So this part is missing, but, but you anyway, a guy that uh, you teach most of the stuff yourself, right? Yeah. Or you have like a, a musical teacher. So, and You know, as I told... Maybe that's the difference. No, as I told you, yeah, maybe. Um, but, yeah. It's just important not to have the illusion that um, that you will get successful with your music. At first, you need to do music for yourself, but it's good to have a main job that drives you through, you know? Like, mm -hmm. in those in those schools um obviously they also need to earn some money so they need to have like 20 30 students and there are examples great examples from hamburg like johannes erding uh, or annette louisanne who who took part um at some of those schools um but there is also 99 other percent that are just like they are thinking that they can be a great artist but they just can't because no one told them like directly in their face it's not working and and that's something i am trying i'm trying to protect people from from that like <clears throat> and that's what i would do as a teacher to be very honest with the students to, mm. to to tell them what what is possible and what is impossible and i think for for a lot of people it's impossible to get famous with with music but um, there are always examples um, where everyone, for example, in the beginning would, would say, okay, um, you can't do it, but they did it. And, and that's something, but, but for this kind of, kind of examples, you don't need a school, I think. Yeah. And, and the chances seems like the chances are higher that you, you're hearing these voices out of a school, right? I mean, exactly. you have them too. Exactly. So stuck with it. Like all these shows, you know, these Voice of Germany, Germany is searching for the superstar and stuff. People that go there, they are ruining their career. So many people that are writing us from those shows uh, that are looking for feature and stuff. Just, you know, like eight years ago, I would say, yeah. oh, wow, nice. Yeah, let's do it. But now with this experience that I have, I would just recommend to... Um, If you if you know 
or if you if you are a good musician or a great artist, you will get successful anyway without any help of of a TV show or or someone else. Like a manager, maybe would be something that you can consider to have. Yeah, but that's a lot of interesting stuff, especially for for other artists. You mentioned at the beginning some parts. Right now, are there other things that right now imagine like uh, a thousand or a million of producers who are listening that you 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 want to tell them? The one part is, of course, the like the, the business the business stuff, um, like the security area to to be productive. And what else is there that you want to give them? Hmm. I think you need to be aware of how, like, it depends um, in what genre you are working. Obviously, what do you, what music do you want to do? Like, if you want to make classical music, I cannot advise you uh, a lot um, about how to be a famous piano player. I don't know how this works. This is a different structure also in the music industry. But if you want to. If you want to be successful in the pop in pop music, and pop music is not only radio music, but it's also jazz. Everything is pop music, um, nearly everything. Um, then you need to also nowadays, especially with the streaming and um, how transparent everything is, you need to have this business part also in mind, and you need to um, you need to learn it how how the industry really works and i don't know everything so sometimes when i'm looking or at a contract uh, i'm always discovering something new that i didn't know about um and obviously someone that is working at a label he knows about it and sometimes the labels are using this knowledge to trick the artists or the managers of the artists to to make a better contract and and these kind of these kind of things you know like to To, to protect yourself from, to, from being trapped by the industry. And that's something I would, I would advise everyone that is seriously seeking for a career in the music industry. Sounds, I think that's, anyway, like, yeah, Trevor, go ahead. I think that's something you guys have done pretty well with, with your background in the actual music industry and your business background that you have actually gotten around that pretty quite successfully. Yeah. We never signed a major contract. I think that's, that's, that's uh, the conclusion. Like we never signed a major contract. So because when you sign a major contract, you are not aware of like you, they will never tell you, For example, how much a radio promotion costs because it is uh, it is like hidden in the contract or in their in their own company's contracts that they have. Mm -hmm. um, and when you when you do it on your own, you have to contact a radio promoter and ask them how much is it. And there are not a lot of radio promoters, for example, that are very good in Germany. So there are only a few, um, and you have to try to find them and to to attract them with your music. And that's the same for any other uh, part of the promotion, like a good radio promoter or a good marketing strategist. Um, 
strategist um, or someone that plays the saxophone. <laughs> so all of this, like, it's a big puzzle. And uh, if you if you know how to put the pieces together um, yourself, um, you are ahead of 99% of every other musician at the moment. It changes. I have to say it changes. So I, I get to know more and more artists that that are looking into it very closely. Um, but obviously, if you are a musician or a singer or a band, you have to protect yourself also from this stuff to, to be creative and um, and to, to concentrate on your music, on your touring, and that's enough to do. And that's why we never went all in into music only, um, but also do the business part and keep the business part on, on our plan. Uh, so, but th th like, that's why we can't release 10 songs a year. And that's probably also why we can't release an album. You, you guys have your own label. Yes. Correct. That's what red, red, green, yellow, red, green, yellow. And you sign artists to your label as well? Only songs. Single songs. Only songs. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes that completely kills the next question I was going to ask. <laughs> what was the next question? What do you look for in like an artist? Okay, but that's I think um Or in a song. Then. A good question. In yeah, a song. yeah, yeah. Um I'm always searching obviously for something or for someone that has not been what we call in the industry discovered yet. It's nearly impossible, but it's po but it is possible. <laughs> it's nearly it's possible. still possible. But it's still possible. It is still yeah. possible. Um, but obviously difficult. Yeah, on the label side, I'm really the business guy, so I want to find something unique um, that is. But that where I still see a possibility for us to make money for for, for the label to develop, and um, and I think we uh, we released on our label we released ten songs or something over the last eight years or or twelve okay twelve, um, and fifty percent of them are doing okay, not good but okay. Uh, 20% are just not working and 30% or let's say 20% are working very well and 10% are working really, really well. So two songs are doing insanely well. So for example, we signed one artist. That's a story I'm a little bit proud of, I have to say. Um, but it's also a story that is very, um, very heartbreaking sometimes and if you listen to this guy, you will. It's the same like with Arizona, I'm sure. When I'm listen to this artist, and you will never, never um, miss a song of him, because this guy was working in Nashville, in, no, in Washington. He's from he's from Kansas. Why am I always saying Nashville? Nashville because all the singers come from Nashville. Um, so this guy's from Kansas was working in Washington um, in an IT company and he was uploading songs to SoundCloud. Um, he was living in a very small apartment 
and I discovered uh, one of his songs, and it had eight plays on SoundCloud, and like one eight plays. Yes, eight plays. And how you discover that? I mean, if you if you look like if you search on SoundCloud, and you just listen and listen, and you listen to songs that that get um, that you um, yeah. For example, for when you listen to a piano song and and then you you just don't uh, search for another one uh soundcloud just plays something else and that's how i just okay right. it, that's is that how you discovered this guy yes yes but i listen- so it's because it, it's a strange algorithm because eight yeah. plays is nothing <laughs> yeah is nothing but it was actually i was that's worse than our podcast yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I actually, I actually found, like, I searched for piano singer songwriter, something like that. I can remember, um, and the recording was horrible, um, but the song was that song was a hit. I knew it, um, but it was just him and the piano, so. I contacted this guy. It took me weeks to find a connection because he was very shy. He was very anxious. He was very he was a very anxious guy. Um, he hated his job, um, but he didn't know what to do else to 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 make a living. So, um, mm-hmm. and I told him, "Okay, come on, we will try it." Um, We recorded the song professionally, so he um, he bought a proper mic um, and um, recorded it. But I was not um, satisfied with with everything, so it took a long time. We're on uh, on Skype, we we skyped for for days, and on Facebook we wrote for I don't know, like for two months or something. So we wrote back and forth and back and forth. And um, then we were kind of satisfied with the song. And then I added some melody, like a little melody on the piano and he replayed it and then the song was fine. So the song was finished. We we uh, created a great cover uh, for the song. Our uh, videographer from uh, Sweden, he created a music, like a lyric video for it. And the song is called Welcome to Wonderland. And it's actually him describing... Alice in Wonderland. Um, yeah, that's actually what the song is about. And then okay. um, we signed it and it was going not badly. It was pretty well. We invested some money in YouTube and um, and um, and Instagram ads. And then he produced another song. And... Um, with with you guys or without? Oh, no. I always told him <clears throat> I I I will never uh, like put an option into into the contract. You can decide what you want to do. So I just have we, we only have this one song. So if I would have signed him now, I would never have to work again, probably <laughs> because he's crazy successful now. And um and but I discovered him and he's also communicating. And his name is Charlie Poo. No, <laughs> no, his name is Anson, A N S O N, Siabra, like C and then 
Bra. Sabra. Bra. S-E-A-B-R-A. Um, and he's not signed to a major label now. He's signed to Caroline, which is a distributor of Universal in, um, in California. Um, and um, yeah, and this song, like, for one year it was going well and then it broke through like it had i don't know like 300 300,000 plays daily um from one day to another basically on tiktok wow. it went big um on youtube it went big and um yeah and now the guy is producing like he's writing everything himself on his on his own um and um He has a manager now um, that I connected, like I connected those guys. And um, and that is something I'm very proud of because that's what I really liked. I like to connect people. And the song now has, I don't know, like something way over 50 million streams on Spotify and in total over 100 million streams. And it's just him playing piano and singing. And it's it's an insane song. And the second one um, he released. Welcome to Wonderland yeah. is what it's called. Yeah, and the second song, the second. I, I just, I have to say, I just Google it. I mean, Welcome to Wonderland is not a untypically chorus or a name. The first one that came up is just again him. Yeah, yeah, and That's and um, yeah, I think we have 110 million streams until now, and on TikTok there are over. 400,000 videos of people using the song and it's just a very very quiet piano song with him singing um and um yeah this is why i actually love to have the label and why and that that's what our approach is to to discover these kind of gems and um and yeah give them the hope and strength and um, positive energy to 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 stick to what they do because he is one in a million obviously but um but that's that's what you can find actually online and well, for and you for you it's one out of the ten. number two so that's a good quote yeah Sorry. <laughs> what did you say trevor i said and you'll find the number two in a million yeah <laughs> If he's one in a million, you'll find number two in a million. Maybe. But actually, yeah, but but as I said, like I only signed this one song and um his other songs are also successful. And the last one he 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 released called Walked Through Hell is he released it only in December and it's already like with seven million streams or something or eight million streams. It's an insane song. And this guy you can listen to every song. It's it's He's singing out his his heart, his soul, everything he's writing. It's the lyrics and the melodies are insane. And this is what that's that that's the thing we noticed with uh, Porter, with Gregory yeah, Porter. Yeah. Gregory, yeah. It's it's not artificial music. No, it's music where you hear that what they sing about. Yeah, because Gregory Porter writes all of the lyrics is on his own. Mm. The band is basically his jam band from when he was doing yeah. jazz clubs in New York City. And then you have this guy sing his his life, basically. Yeah. And that's the same with the album, with the album I chose, with Arizona, I think. That's the same. So that's... 
and exactly what we want to have in this world. That's, I think, an impressive thing in this day and age when you have artists that don't just focus on the algorithm for Spotify yeah. to try to put you guys, the industry you're in is single based. So of course you're going to do singles, yeah. but when you do look, when you look at bands that bands or solo artists that are pop music or rock music or pop rock, or as you said, basically any music is pop music. Yeah. If it's popular, it's pop music. Yeah. And for me in general, I find that music that becomes popular if if they speak from the heart and you notice and you can feel they speak from their heart, it resonates with people more than you more than other music where you can tell that it's not them speaking these words. Yeah, yeah totally. And you recognize it for like. I recognize it directly. Like, obviously, yes, we are doing much more mainstream music and also the lyrics are mainstream, but still it's not like this rubbish uh, mainstream music. So we still focus on the lyrics. So it's very important what, for me, what we, what we write, but it's obviously not me presenting my soul to the crowd or to the listeners but it's more what i feel fits to the music and stuff you know like i think it would be different when i when i was singing the track so that's the difference between us and still it comes it comes from you yeah. it comes from a part of you sure and i feel for me you notice as a listener if it's just a musician performing what people have told them to perform yeah. or something that have that an artist has put a piece of their soul into yeah. a piece of their being yeah. into you feel that yeah definitely because even like you guys have done remixes you do a remix it's someone else's music but you're still putting part of you there's something that drew you to that music yeah. and put it in put that music in front of you and you said okay i feel this there's something in it that draws you to it and then you put a piece of yourself into this remix yeah. and if if an artist for me if an artist is genuine and you feel that i find they get a lot more success and especially long-term success because people recognize if this is fake or if this is actually that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's one song, maybe they don't, but uh, on the long run, they all recognize it. Yeah. yeah. Great. Any more yeah. questions? A lot, of, a lot of topics. Um, a lot of we time. have a final question that we're going to add to all of our interviews. Top five, to finish it off, what are your top five deserted island albums 
if you were on a deserted island, what would you listen to? Five albums. The first one is obviously the album that we are talking about. <laughs> I should hope that Asylum is on your list. <laughs> I have five albums. None of none of them are Asylum. <laughs> but um, yeah, one is um, yeah, one is Asylum. Obviously, um, one is also from a guy I talked about in this podcast, um, Lambert. Uh, the album is also called Stay in the Dark, as well as my favorite single of that album, out of that album. Um, then I have to say Coldplay. <laughs> uh, Which one? Which album? The album is Viva La Vida. My classic. It's because... I hate Coldplay. Yeah, I mean, Coldplay is something I actually also would have talked about um, a lot when we would have held this podcast two years ago, probably because they influenced me also a lot. Um, I think Chris Martin is a, is a great artist, but the last album for me was also something they could have skipped my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's the guy, the piano guy, Anson Siabra um, with, uh, with, the album that is coming this year, actually, but all the songs that are online, you have to check it out. Um, that's that's the EP you talked about earlier. Yeah, it's actually, it's an EP now, um, but it will be an album, I think. Um, songs I Wrote in My Bedroom, I think it's called. Yes, Songs I Wrote in My Bedroom. Um, that is an album, actually. That's an album and uh, not an EP, but I'm not 100% sure. Don't judge me. Um <laughs> Uh, so that's one, two, three, four. And the last album. Um, what is an artist that really influenced me and that I really love to hear over and over again? I actually, I can't tell. I just can't tell. I would take probably Bob Dylan with me. <laughs> A lot of Bob Dylan songs. Huh really yeah yeah because he he was not the best singer or he is not the best singer um but there's he wrote like i don't know he, how many songs he wrote nearly a thousand wasn't it like 900 songs he wrote in his life and he just dropped an an, an album yeah. that was also right. like yeah. critically super acclaimed yeah and there are so many songs that have like really um like really short songs also, but but still re really nice top lines in them. Um, and he was one of the first, I think, uh, I listened to that uh, attracted me um, a lot with with this melodies. Uh, he's, he was singing with him only playing the guitar. So this is not an album, but this is an artist. I would I would take a lot of songs with me. Also an artist, we will something... tackle. Yeah. I'm telling you, Trevor. What? Also an artist that we will tackle in the podcast. Yes. Yeah, because it's depressing-ass music. So, <laughs> of course, is, it, is Bob Dylan... I just, I just thought of this. Is this Bob Dylan reference something that you listened to with your parents when you were younger? <sighs> no. Um, no? Okay. Maybe... 
with my dad, but my, my parents are divorced and my mom is married to my actual dad um, for 25 years now. Um, or yeah, nearly 30 years. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and, um, but my father, um, he listened a lot to Bob Dylan. Maybe that influenced me. So Van Morrison, Bob Dylan, this kind of, these kind of artists. Van Morrison, also a great artist. Brown Eyed Girl is yeah. one of my favorite songs. That is a good, uh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. I've just been noticing lately. I, I bring it up because I've been noticing lately when I look at what I'm listening to now and what I listened to when I was a kid yeah. that my parents would play for me. The disco revival is coming back yeah. in, in my life. Yeah. And it's it's insane. It's it's stuff that you I've, I'm noticing slowly there's an influence from what I listened to when I was like five years old yeah. with my parents that now the music I listen to today is getting influenced by that. Yeah. And it's very hard to say what will happen in 40, 50 years. I don't, I, I cannot like, I can't imagine um, what else. I mean, for sure within the next 10 years, okay, there can be some disco revivals, but what will happen in 40 years? Like what music can be invented, let's say, um, that will still, yeah. Be new. Is, yeah. Be new. That satisfies period. so many people out there. I can't imagine what it can be. Maybe jazz or something. <laughs> it's then we have a crazy a jazz, revival. jazz revival with people getting chills to, I don't know, no top line or again the music is getting longer i don't know we have now we have two minutes no top Maybe. line and and no constant no voice through the music. <laughs> no vocals only only instruments we're doing this half of the song in seven eight time and yeah. this half in th in four three and this half in yeah what i'm pretty sure is that at one point as right now rock music is almost dying at least as a popular music that rock music mm. will have a a comeback it will always have yeah but to like invent some totally new that there will come something i tell you i think I nobody can I, imagine right now that's why yeah. it's an invention by i think lo-fi lo-fi hip-hop this kind of lo-fi playlists are growing a lot i think next year will be a Ooh, year. i'm big on that yeah i think next next year might be a year of lo-fi hip-hop music that's a that's a good take for me it's it's already very big yeah i i work to it i i i read books to it i just relax to it yeah trevor doesn't know about the the lo-fi hype <laughs> i i i i've heard it i just don't get yeah. it. yeah 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 i think um i i get it but for me the vocals are not uh, not really at their peak that's that's my issue yeah so but is that i but it will be don't like the vocals. they will develop it like the artists will develop it and i think like someone like flume for example also was someone that invented kind of a new wave of music that f came from australia to to to, to europe um 
uh, and that even had some decent radio plays, um, but was still not mainstream. And and this kind of style can come back, I think. And lo-fi is not that far away. It's something else, but it's not that far away. I don't get it. <laughs> I I have. Do you remember? Do, do you remember Sean, the lighting guy from the tenors? I I remember his name, but it's it's Philadelphia guy. Barrick has met him because he was at the he did lights for Post him. Malone. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Barrick and I went and watched Post because Sean got us into the Post Malone concert, and all the opening bands were the kind of this lo-fi hip-hop. Oh, that's and what Sean's... you consider lo-fi hip-hop? No, I have a different Is that way not lo-fi hip-hop? No, I, for me, I don't... it's just trap stuff. Yeah, then, then that's different. So that, then, we have, then we have a totally different... Lo-fi uh, is very relaxing. On, on, on it's... it's like then relaxing, you need to send me jazzy. Hip-hop because no, you, you remember lo-fi hip-hop is the, like this trap. Uh, no, no, no. That's something I don't like. I I don't get that totally at all. You remember that one artist we talked about that make like more cineastic, jazzy hip hop beats. Um, so nope. I, I will I I will send you. That's totally different uh, stuff we're talking about. Just check out the. I have that playlist. in my mind is lo lo-fi hip hop. Just check out the Spotify playlist lo-fi, and then you can relax to it. You can listen to it throughout the whole day. It's very relaxing. Who's who's a lo-fi hip hop? I don't know. <laughs> Barrick. No, 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 it's not like they also know not lyrics. It's just like, you know, some producers that making like more it could be like movie movie music sometimes. Yeah. Um it's just it's a real like playlist that you could find uh, everywhere. It's not like you just type in mellow beats at Spotify or So it's actually, not an actual it's not lyricists. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ah, okay. But that's what I said. Like, if 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 the uh, songwriters find a way to to make this um, to make this happen, to to combine nice lyrics with this uh, musical style, then this can be something for the next. For the, this can be that, next thing. that I could understand. Yeah, I had like trap one, hip hop stuck in my no, head, no. and I don't understand that at all. There's one guy, absolute garbage. Travis. Eric Jackson is his name. Okay, who? Uh, for Eric Jackson. He's, uh, he's Eric on. Jackson. Uh, I liked some of his tunes and in that playlist uh, I listened to, and yeah. But it's without lyrics. It's just background. It's you mentioned cool. him before. Yeah. I'll listen. <laughs> nice. So that's the end, or what? That is the end, Max. Yeah. Thank you for putting through, putting up with us for this amount of time. You're welcome. Yes. And this Fantastic. might end up being her longest episode ever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I think this is 100% our longest episode ever because we're at recording time of three hours, three hours. And we talked for about half an hour before the actual show started so we're at like two and a half hours yeah, yeah but it's a good time but when the motto was like you produce like you're producing go with the flow yeah that's the motto we went with the flow and that's what happened yeah two and a half hours when you have a longer drive maybe not not at the moment but 
it's it's I, I love to listen to long podcasts when I'm in the car or uh, same for me. I I my listening to podcast is so much going down because I'm not traveling and usually I'm and I'm traveling like every second week, mm -hmm. like flying or driving long car, and I listen so much more to podcasts than, than, than in that time. Yeah, like right now. Yeah, I still listen to tons. Same for me, but none about music. No, I'm I'm also listening a lot of comedy stuff. <laughs> Or all the Joe Rogan experience. That, yeah. <laughs> okay, boys. Thank you very much. That is all. Thank you very much, Max, for coming and talking to us. Um, do you want to give a shout-out or anything? Um, I want to give a shout-out to my friends and family and girlfriends and my dog and all the people that are aiming to become a successful musician, be aware... But not a DJ. Be, be aware of the business side. <laughs> Then that's about it. Thanks for listening to the Modern Year Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. And remember to rate and review the show. And share it. Yes, do it. Until next Thanks. time. Next time Thanks we will be talking about um, Four by Led Zeppelin. Do you know that album, Max? Nope, but I know Led Zeppelin. And I know the songs. <laughs> next time we'll be talking about Four by Led Zeppelin. No guest, just Barrick and I. And we'll have another guest coming along soon. From Down Under. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you. Bye. Bye.